Hi and welcome to a special episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. We are Roxana Erickson, Catherine Rossi, and I'm Jan Dipa. We are so happy you are here. Hi everyone. Last time we were talking about the unconscious mind and today we're going to be talking about how to access it how what are the ways of accessing the unconscious mind and if we can access it then what are the possibilities associated with that that would be the que- the question for today's pod- for today's podcast well there's so many different ways really to go into the unconscious mind for healing and um that one of the most simple ways is to simply ask a person to tune in sensitively to what's coming up for them. And uh, often when people are ready to do that, they will, without being asked, close their eyes and then they'll go into an inner search And so one doesn't have to say, and now I want you to access your unconscious mind. It's it's more indirect than that. And so that's one of the ways that one can go in, in, in the simplest way. So it's interesting that you refer to that as one of the simplest ways And what I have found in my therapeutic practice, that people come in and they don't have the confidence that they can go in and perform that inner search. They want the trappings of a formal hypnotic induction, which as far as I'm concerned, The destination is the performance of that inner search by the subject. And so if it makes the road easier for me to invite the subject to dim the lights and invite the subject, now close your eyes and turn your attention inward while I speak and you listen or not listen, it doesn't really matter. So I use the trappings of the formal hypnotic induction frequently, not always, but frequently to elicit that opportunity for the subject to journey into their own unconscious mind. But there are also other ways to do it. So it can be done informally, just turn your attention inward. It can be done in a formal hypnotic setting, close your eyes, take a deep breath and begin to relax. Or it can be just simply remember a time when you felt whatever it is that when you when you were a child let your curiosity explore um and then there there is another layer that the bodies 
unconscious muscle memory. And that's a whole nother layer of tapping into the unconscious mind. You want to get good at a skill, you have to practice it over and over and over until your muscles automatically on autopilot know what to do. And we kind of do that with our bodies and with our mind. Okay. It is very interesting of um of and and when uh, sometimes the my way of a formal induction um i can do it the way that you describe roxy and but more often than not um i'll engage a body part you know that the the hands and the the nature of the hands it's very interesting that on your on the cortex of your brain your motor cortex and your sensory cortex it it has huge receptions for the hands you know for the hands for the lips for the mouth for the ears for the eyes but the hands is what it takes the most um territory with in 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 the brain in the sensory and motor and so it's and it's easy for many people to project you know that they can can project something into their hands and um and then the hands begin to tell a story so in likewise the erickson my dad loved to use a hypnotic induction of hand levitation where the hand would lifting 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 all on its own where the subject's attention would kind of split off and and the hand would automatically respond producing a dissociative state and that then allowed or encouraged or provided the circumstances wherein the subject could perform that internal search, which opens the door for communication with their own unconscious resources. And even as you said that, I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I want to do a hand levitation right now. And, um, and you can see how, how incredibly um, it's, it's not moving. It's catatonic. It's a different part of me that's experiencing this. And if I wasn't in this hypnotic state that's specific to this hand levitation, I couldn't hold it up this long because my arm would get tired. And so it's a visual way to sometimes to help people to understand that they really are in a trance while at the same time they're able to talk and to do whatever it is that they need to do. So would you say that um, uh, all that kind of techniques that actually focuses uh, subjects or people's attention inside or inward would be a means of accessing some unconscious, at least some unconscious parts? Well, I consider that inner search to be an opportunity 
to communicate with one's own unconscious mind, that it can be done intentionally, it can come about circumstantially, it can, it, as professional therapists, we can evoke that kind of response, sometimes just in the course of life, that um, opening between the awareness and unconscious resources kind of takes on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. I need to address one thing, because you both are referring to uh, to a term called inner search. And whereas we know what that means, it doesn't mean that all the people that are listening to us will actually know what that means. So can you uh, briefly explain to the listeners, what, what do you mean by internal or uh, internal search? Well, to me, the um, the internal search is in service of dealing with problems or desires or intentions in the course of day-to-day -day living. So if one feels that you know, I'm not doing as well as I should. I worry about this, or I'm overweight, or I have a problem of one sort or another. The And then seeks the assistance through a counselor or therapist. And in the event, which I use hypnosis as my primary tool, I would encourage an internal search, whereas you're finding points of reference within your own life experience. To, sometimes they're meaningful on a conscious level, and sometimes they make no sense at all. Someone may say, you know, I came in here, you know, because I want to stop smoking cigarettes. And, you know, you, you used hypnosis, which is my tool to get somebody to perform an inner search. And, you know, I saw some flashing lights and a deer that jumped into this, you know, in over a bush and doesn't seem to have anything to do with cigarettes. I don't think, you know, I don't think you were able to help me. And and I always say, well, what they, you know, that's interesting. How curious. <laughs> what an interesting response. And so I never discourage, you know, what the conscious mind can't make sense of any of those images or feelings or ideas or whatever that came up. The conscious mind can't make sense, but the unconscious mind is building new associations. So they came in with the intent to stop smoking cigarettes. While the inner search was going on, these specific you know, thoughts and ideas and images came up. It didn't seem to be related. And yet, if you follow through 
with, well, let's just wait and see what happens. The, there is almost inevitably a change in behavior is frequently in the desired direction and the, you know, diminishing or stopping the cigarettes. So what was happening is that the unconscious mind, the low conscious awareness, was building new associations in service of the intention or the desired outcome that was expressed and what they came in for. Mm -hmm. Dr. Katrin Rossi, would you add something to that definition? Well, with the inner search, the first thing to understand is that it is a natural biological condition of being human and that inner search is going to show itself at least 12 times a day it's a question of tuning into it and um so understanding the uh the chronobiology and and how we can use it to our best benefit is what's important and I've made mention of this, the, the four stages of the creative cycle. And the first one is, what's the question? What's the problem? What's the concern? What's the growing edge? And, and so without realizing it, even if it's not coming to conscious awareness, that is continuously happening throughout the day and night. And so when someone comes in to psychotherapy, they have a, a question, a problem, a concern. That's why they're there. And so they're already active within the process. And so they're then they're already on the search. They've been on the search. The search hasn't been going as well as they as it could on their own. So there's they're looking to search with you. And so so to me, it's just biologically built in. And, um, and, and in this way, everyone can understand what is an inner search. And so that you're searching for something, well, you know, you're not searching on the outside. It, you know, it's not an Easter egg hunt, you know, where you have to go find Easter eggs, you know, in the garden. It's that there's, there's uh, something about yourself that you want to know or understand. Or, or you want to change a habit or a behavior or that sort of thing. So to me, it's it's nature. It's it's nature at at its best. The an, another point I want to make is uh, so many approaches to psychotherapy do an exploratory for the origin of the problem, and that's not that's not what Ericksonian approaches do. And I'm not saying that there isn't pivotal moments in life that do stimulate, you know, problem formation. What I'm saying is that the search is in the present experience of life. And by trusting one's unconscious mind, it, it sometimes these you know the rationale the reasoner it doesn't make sense it's deep within and so seeking a cognitive explanation of the origin of the problem is really not um it's not required it's not essential 
And even if it comes up, it may not be accurate. Um, what, what we seek is that the individual find themselves through this inner search, through, the, through what they um, encounter and put together in the healthy new associations built within, that they can feel a sensation of overcoming whatever issues, whatever troubles brought them to the therapist office to start with. In other words, we're seeking resolution or, or joy in life or experiencing day-to-day -day life in a gratifying, satisfying manner, as opposed to an attempt at understanding, you know, what, you know, how the problem was created. So in other words, you know, and I agree with this, is that we don't need to make the unconscious conscious. Like that is not the goal of hypnosis, that um, there have been many people, many cases um, uh, discussed in the collected works of Milton H. Erickson of where the, um, the client um, dealt with their issues and, and it never came to their conscious awareness but they dealt with it nonetheless. People that that uh, that that at sometimes one of the techniques, um, but it's used quite deliberately, is amnesia of of having an amnesia for what it was that came up within the course of the hypnosis, and when amnesia is suggested, it is in service of that person because there is more to uncover underneath or in in the case of Erickson where he would feel like this would be detrimental to the person they don't have the internal strength right now to have this surface and so uh you know in, in almost like a titrated way of moving it forward until there was this kind of agreement you know, within the person and also within the expertise of Erickson that, okay, you can now make this conscious. It's somewhat of a long-winded sort of explanation, but what I tell people is that it's okay if you don't have an explanation. You might have a feeling, you might have an image, you just might have an internal knowing. He said, that's what's important. But uh, an explanation, you know, um, uh, it, it, it may not even make a difference. So the unconscious, so the result of an unconscious, of uh, sorry, of the inner search may be conscious, unconscious, partly conscious, partly unconscious. And it's all good. Yeah. You know, it's that, uh, and that, uh, if <laughs> Things that are Ericksonian in nature is, is that there is this acceptance for where a person is in space and time. Mm -hmm. So it isn't, um, um, you correct me if I'm wrong, Roxy, but I don't see any Ericksonian work as goal-directed. No, the individuals set their own goals, but the goal is 
almost inevitably to be present in the, the you know in the here and now to enjoy life to be um gratified and satisfied with one's life experience to be able to be adaptive and flexible and really just to enjoy have joy in one's life on a daily basis as ericsson would say uh or as Ericsson actually had said once, have said once, life will bring you pain all by itself. Your responsibility is to create joy, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Life, life brings all the pain all by itself. You don't have to go looking for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that was our podcast on how to access the unconscious mind and so there are plenty of uh, techniques focusing us inside tuning us into ourselves to for us to be able to uh, access the unconscious reservoir of resources and initiate the un the internal search for deeper meaning understanding or change am i right or would you like to add something to it i think that it's well put together absolutely there's on oh. all of these subjects there's of course hours and hours and hours more that we could talk about but we start with these beginnings exactly so thank you very much and See you next time in another episode of our podcast. This was another episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Jan. You're the best. Be well, be happy, celebrate life.